Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. Howdy, howdy. It's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. everyone and welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. I'm your host Gerard Gibbert along with Rhino in the Element Wealth Studios in Summit, Mississippi today for Smoking on the Tracks. Rhino safe and sound back in the Super Talk headquarters. We'll be guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music on this Friday, y'all. Encountered a little precipitation uh, down I-55 this morning, Rhino. It was like paralleling the interstate, but it has moved through the Pike County area. Just a little cloudy and a tad of drizzle falling, but I think it looks like it's about done. I thought we were scheduled to get like two inches or something today. Oh, that, it's not no? done. There's going to be plenty of rain coming along in the uh, in the foreseeable future. Okay, so what I what I watched move through the area, that line was uh, just the the appetizer, so to speak, of the expected precipitation. Is that what you're seeing? If the weather app is to be believed, because I've I've got rain all the way up till like eight o'clock tonight on mine. Gee whiz! Okay, well, so far I don't see anything but some uh, yellow and green back in louisiana that's moving into the state of mississippi but i know that stuff can sort of form up in a hurry and move on three we're at smoking on the tracks again in summit mississippi coming up next india warshower the coordinator of smoking on the tracks at 10:50 today danny smith the president of lot furniture at 11:20 in the second hour Larry LeBlanc, the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Summit. And then we'll wrap things up in Hour 2 with Jamie Swafford, marketing manager of Ag Up Equipment. In the third hour of Middays today, Percy Robinson, the mayor of Summit, Mississippi, and we'll wrap things up on the show with Rob Belot, the president of Southwest Distributors incorporated looking forward to our broadcast today so we've got a new candidate for president joining uh, joining excuse me donald trump in the gop field that's larry elder he announced his white house bid you know who he is conservative radio talk show host and former california gubernatorial candidate he's jumping in the race he says he announced his candidacy last night on uh, tucker carlson sure did he's a regular guest on the tucker carlson show so the uh, the field is beginning to uh, show 
that it's going to be an interesting race. Rhino, we got uh, Elder, of course, Donald Trump, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley. I think those thus far are the candidates on the GOP side. In the meantime, Joe Biden has made it official that he's going to make it official, <laughs> that he intends to announce his re-election campaign next week on 425. Next week, 425. That would be next Tuesday. Now, interestingly enough, that is the same day of the year that he announced his candidacy for the 2020 presidential election. 425-2019. So there's, you see what he's doing there? He's pretty clever, old Joe. He's going to announce his candidacy on the exact same day. Maybe he thinks that's like a good luck charm. Now think about where we are, folks. How many times did you hear from so many folks after Joe was elected, oh, he'll never make it. He won't last through his first term. He won't make it. Sometime between now and and uh, the next cycle, during that four-year period, he just won't make it. Everything from predictions that he would die in office to contract some sort of illness, debilitating him and making it um, making it such that he could not continue to serve as the president. That doesn't look to be the case. Now, I understand there's a year and a half left in his term, but at this point, you'd have to believe that he's going to finish out his term. He'll be the candidate. Doesn't really look like he's got any serious competition from any potential Democrat challengers. And I would say he'd be the front runner in the general election. That's mainly because I see Donald Trump at this point evolving as the Republican nominee. Many think that his most challenging competition would come from Governor Ron DeSantis, who's yet to announce that he's running. I'm not sure DeSantis does. I think Trump is receiving endorsements from many of the seated those seated in congress in florida representing florida uh desantis it is reported has made some calls to some of those individuals and asking them to wait and seeing where they stand if there's a possibility they jump on his campaign doesn't appear to be the case uh so i don't know that ron desantis ultimately enters the race. I think he's also watching polls that shows him trailing Donald Trump considerably across the nation. It is early, I'll grant you that. But And Donald Trump's raising a bunch of money. It, the indictment of Trump spurred significant donations to his campaign, some $13, $14 million just a few days after the, the indictment. Uh, and the, of course, arraignment. So we'll see where all that lands, but if I'm a betting man, I'm saying Ron DeSantis doesn't enter the race. Donald Trump has been busy, as PACs have at least, running ads that really go after Ron DeSantis primarily on the issue 
of Social Security and Medicare, where Ron DeSantis, while serving in the Congress representing Florida, did vote for some reforms to those programs because without reforms to those programs, they're going to crash. My question for Donald Trump would be, if I were interviewing him, sir, what is your plan to stabilize these programs? Doing nothing is not a plan. They're not going to magically correct themselves and cure their their financial shortfalls. Action's got to be taken, and nobody wants to touch it. And it now represents some 65% of spending, federal spending, wrapped up at least in Social Security, Medicare, and then adding into Medicaid. You could back that down to about 55% or so if you just include Social Security and Medicare. But doing nothing is not going to solve the problem. But all we hear from members of both parties, honestly, is we're not going to touch it. We're doing nothing. Okay, well, that basically is writing the death sentence for those programs. Doing nothing says we're just going to let them crash. And the same is true and could be applied to PERS in Mississippi. Doing nothing means, okay, well, it's not going to be there. These programs are going to falter. They're going to fail. So Donald Trump is, is busy campaigning, or at least his PAC is, his PACs that represent Trump are against DeSantis. You've seen the ads on the television. They're running quite regularly. It also looks like that Ron DeSantis is running against Disney and Donald Trump is running against Ron DeSantis. That's a flaw, I believe, in DeSantis's campaign. I'm just not sure how much support DeSantis gets from attacking Disney. I get it. He's mad at Disney, and a lot of people are not happy with the way Disney has conducted its affairs and uh, the once very wholesome family-oriented entertainment that Disney is known for has uh, been invaded by a woke culture and, and woke managers. Of course, the prior CEO of the company stepped down, Bob Iger, the longtime CEO, back in the CEO seat, at least temporarily, and he's trying to change these things. But nonetheless, the company is doing well, except for its streaming services and its and its ESPN units not doing very well either. I just saw this morning ESPN intends to lay off uh, a number of employees. Uh, but the the park business is doing great. The streaming business, not so great. But streaming businesses in general are struggling right now, especially since everybody had to go back to work after the pandemic. They flourished during the pandemic. Folks were stuck at home, told to stay home. But I think DeSantis is going to have to start running against Trump if he intends to run for president, not against Disney, because Trump's going to keep attacking DeSantis, I do believe Donald Trump would have handled that situation differently. I think he'd have gotten in the car and drove to Disney headquarters and sat down with the CEO and management and said, we got to work something out here. This is crazy. You're misrepresenting this bill, this so-called don't-say-gay bill, which doesn't have the word gay in it. I, he'd have handled it differently. DeSantis just chose to throw bombs at Disney. I think that was the wrong approach. We're stepping aside for a break in the Element Well Studios down in Summit, Mississippi for Smoking on the Tracks. India Warshower, the coordinator of Smoking on the Tracks, is next. Check it out. Let's do this. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. 
Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's get on with it. On Super Talk Mississippi. My daddy spent his life looking up at the sky. He cussed, kicked the dust, saying, son, it's way too dry. The clouds up in the city, the weatherman complains. But where I come from, rain. Welcome back, everyone. Middays live. From Summit, Mississippi, for Smoking on the Tracks. Joining us now, the coordinator of Smoking on the Tracks, India Warshower. India, good to see you again. How's it going? Good morning. Thank you all for being here. It is good. Great is to be great. here. Speaking yes. of the tracks, the train just passed through. Well, that's what happens. Yeah. A lot. When you're next to railroad tracks, trains go through. And it's fun to watch <laughs> them tomorrow. Like, it, when Amtrak comes through, it's fun because you can see everybody waving. and that's you cool. know It's cute. Yeah. yeah. All right. So tell us what we can expect uh, for the Smoking on the Tracks event. So you can expect some insanity for the next three <laughs> or four hours, just starting with that. Um, tonight, we, we kick off at 530 with the Counts and Delaware Horns, and they go to 730. Um, at 8, 8 to 10 is, you know, Castor Coleman, the infamous Mr. Sip that every Everybody loves the the worldwide Mr. Sip, so we're really excited about that. Um, tomorrow morning starts at eight. Well, it doesn't start at eight a.m. But it, the first band is at ten. Ten to eleven thirty, the hippies. Twelve is our is ransack. Two fifteen, um, about two fifteen ish will be car and barbecue awards, and then the art awards from the um, Earth Day, public, the Pike School of the Arts, and then three to five alibi, and then five thirty to seven thirty soundbreakers. Gotcha. And then tons of food, tons of yeah. Art. What about the food? I see lots, all the trucks set up, ready to start lots of serving food. it up. Yes, all kind of. Different different foods. I can't tell you exactly what it all is because it's all jumbled in my brain, but I tried to get a bunch of different kinds and not, you know, double up. So we're really excited about that. Um, like I said, last year the Pike School of the Arts was up the hill at the old at the old post office. Well, this year they've joined forces with us and they'll be in like a, around um, the police station. So we're real excited about that. And so what are the hours when does things get kicked off? Um, about 10. Okay. Ten in the morning. It's well today. Today it's like five to ten. Yeah. And then the, this, and tomorrow morning it's at ten. Ten o'clock. Okay. Yes. Very excited. But like I said, it will be. Um, we'll start the sound. The stage. The the beige, The stage will be here shortly between ten and eleven. And then the tents will start to come, and so you won't be able to cross the railroad. And then we'll eventually at two o'clock shut down half of Rob Street. How long has this event been going on? Twelve years. Twelve years. What was the catalyst? Actually, um, we the original um, beneficiary was going to be the here the depot. Mm-hmm. We were going to do bathrooms for the depot. Well, we just couldn't all as a group decide. So a few of us broke away and, and did smoking on the tracks. Okay. And said so this year our money is going to uh, the southwest the Southwest Mississippi Children's Advocacy Center, PALS, ASAP, which is which gives money to the Macomb Animal Shelter, Miracle League, and the Southwest Mississippi Crisis Pregnancy Center. Gotcha. So we're really excited about that it's everybody is so generous we just it's, it's been a great year yeah a what, great year what uh, what sort of crowds do you expect tonight and then tomorrow because we got a little chance of rain tonight we're not sure huh? you know um we've been okay till now so i'm just yeah. gonna cross my fingers yeah um a lot of people a lot of people I, I, well this year we just have we have a lot of politicians as y'all know it's a sure. political year yeah so i'm expecting right. lots and lots of crowds <laughs> they'll all be here for that that's right you're not gonna let them speak are you Mm-mm-mm. we don't want any political speeches no poli- no that, politics at smoking on the tracks no but we will we have we have more art vendors that we've ever had we have more food vendors the problem is is that 
it's getting everything set up. We we have a very limited space in Summit. Yeah. So it's a lot of like Tetris moving around to figure to figure right. out who's going to go where. And but, of course, we're essentially in the downtown of absolutely. Area, so this has got to be. Uh, a big economic boost for uh, the merchants and the stores, shops, restaurants. They love it. They love it. They say this and Fall Fest are two of their biggest days of the year. So I I love that they love it and that they support us because it makes it a a lot easier when they're supporting you. And they're all stocked up, ready to sell Absolutely, ready to open their doors. Mm -hmm. Do people come from outside of the Pike County area? They absolutely do. Another thing that I didn't mention is that a lot of class reunions have made this their yearly get-together. So right now I have five class reunions, and they buy spots, and so they all get together so that, you know, they're all they're all over. Mm-hmm. Class reunion, well, that's interesting. And class we actually reunion. have a lot of new teams this year from out of the area. Got you. So, yeah, we, it brings in a lot of good, a lot of people. And what uh, what sort of awards do the winners receive? Cash, of course. Cash money. Cash money. That's right. What else do they want? Oh, they want cash. They want cash. I want who? Don't you want cash? Yeah. I want cash right now. <laughs> yeah, they win cash, and then we had some. Um, they're it's a pretty tr- big deal, isn't it? It is a big deal, and it's getting bigger and bigger. And uh, some of the chefs, uh, they're aware of this, and they are. I mean, it's it's well known throughout uh, the cooking community there. The absolutely, and they come in and. And uh, I'll have a, a different approach and a different little twist to their delicacies. Absolutely. And it's, it'll be all up to the judges what they like. So who names the judges? Jordan and Luke Harrington have taken on the judging, the judging, ish, not issue, but the judging, just all the judging, because I didn't want anything to do with it. It's totally separate. It's it's going to be in town hall, and they, they handle everything. I see. They um, pick, they get the judges. I just, it's just, it, that's a real, you have to be real meticulous yeah, I'm sure. about it, because people get a little upset if you add wrong. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you add, you that's add, important. It's very important, because, I mean, they, these people spend a lot of money doing this. It's yeah. expensive. Yeah, meat is not cheap these days. I just wonder if if they come in and they they place they win, uh, what sort of impact that has on their business from that point. I don't know. We are not. I, I don't know because we are not sanctioned. Yeah, I understand. you know. So it's not like they can say, "I won Memphis in May. I won smoking on the tracks." You yeah. know. And I mean, a lot of people they come and they really do love this event because it. I mean, it is taken. It is taken seriously, but it's not as seriously. You know, because it's just... Still, though, you've got independent judges that uh, say yours is the best. Sure. Uh, That's something you want to put on your resume and promote, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I wonder how the judges go about determining which... particular dish beats another which preparation beats i, wonder, I wonder wish i would have gotten them uh, next year we'll fine. put y'all in touch with them and let and let you interview them yeah well that'd be great that would be good i, I really think honestly i think they have texture taste that yeah. like how categories it, of it how or, it yeah. looks you know because in in I, I think a lot of it is just the judge's preferences sure do you like barbecue? You can, be a, you can yeah. be a judge. I don't know if I'm qualified for that. Do you have to clean your palate after you taste one? <laughs> you go to another. Do they have something they use to clean the palate? They have that? snacks in there. 
Snacks. Some snacks. <laughs> what are clean your palate? <laughs> I don't know. Do, what do you need? A pep? What do you need? Uh, like fruit or something? Oh, uh, Listerine. I don't know. I, so, no, I, I did not. Dr. Tishner. I did not buy Listerine or Dr. Tishner's. But if you would like to do it, I can hook you up. And I bet if you want to bring some. No, no, no. I just, for the group to share. It just seems like that would be a right. difficult endeavor. But these are folks that do this right right i mean they, they've got credentials it's qualified for it would not well some do maybe okay some so i'm just i like that better than that right i really I, yeah i think that's what it is yeah. but everything is not i mean like they they give the teams a number and okay. then they switch it up and give them a, cool. a corresponding letter so it's no way there's no way that they know who it is but the cool thing is uh, those in attendance also get to sample all of the, uh, the fare as well right some of our teams do sell some of okay. them don't because it's real hard to figure out how to do the competition and sell you know right. about how like how the, the the quantities right of how to do it but some some have done it over and over and they will um i don't know of many teams that are selling this year okay. i know guapos is new this year hmm. and you know the the mexican restaurant and um well it's not just mexican other stuff too but they're going to sell as well and i had their brisket the other day at guapos and it hmm. was Delicious. Interesting. Very delicious. But the main thing is, it's sort of a rite of spring, shall we say, here in Summit. And, 100%. Uh, you, you get to enjoy great food, entertainment, shop at the stores. Correct. Uh, and enjoy the uh, the old town uh, atmosphere. Absolutely. That, uh, it is so valuable to the state of Mississippi, and not just by County. Absolutely. And, and, you know, this year I chose to kind of stick close to home with the bands, yeah. you know, and do all that's, local. That's neat. Because, yeah. you know, you spend all these money on these bands, and then they don't even bring in. I feel like the local bands bring in more because they've got, you know, their, their people here. And then so. the class reunions. What a neat idea. I that know. Is. Isn't that and, cool? And from what schools do they come? I'm assuming Macomb High School, okay. but I really don't. That's a good question. Okay. All the ones I know of, I think, are Macomb High okay. School. Okay. Well, that's neat. I'm not old enough to get into the class reunions yet. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I am. I'm so old that we don't have them anymore. You passed that age? <laughs> I haven't reached it. I really have. We just don't do it. I think we have maybe like neat, 62, though. 65, 70, 77 maybe. Those are the years? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's far Maybe. Well, the last one's not. Well, maybe one more. I can't remember. 62, yeah. though. That was, yeah? Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it really is neat. So, are you staying around or y'all got to get out of here? We got to get out of here. Y'all got to go do something else, yeah. huh? Yeah. I got, I got another duty tonight. Man. No, yeah. like a duty. I know. It's I got a, a lot of duties today, so I hear you. <laughs> I'm serving as the master of ceremonies for Catholic Charities Annual Bishops Ball. Tonight. Well, congratulations yeah, to cool. you. Yeah, so we're trying to raise a bunch of money for Catholic Charities. Tonight. Absolutely. Hopefully, I can do that. I'm going to be an auctioneer. I've never done that before, so I'm going to have to fake it. I guess best I can. <laughs> but kind of like the judges. Just kidding. <laughs> Don't say that. I'm teasing. <laughs> it's pretty well, cool. Absolutely. India, congratulations Thank you for on me. all the success of the event. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Tell us all about it. And I know you guys will have a great one. Thank you all for being here. It's our pleasure. We're coming right back. The Element Well Studios is in Summit, Mississippi for Smoking on the Tracks. With Gerard Gibbert. Welcome, welcome to our shop on Super Talk Mississippi. Okay, now you have a good one.
We are back in Summit, Mississippi, smoking on the tracks, happening tonight and tomorrow here in downtown Summit, Pike County, Mississippi. And hoping, to, I think the weather's supposed to be good tomorrow. A little, you said more chance of rain tonight, right, Rhino, up till 8 o'clock. But I think tomorrow looks like this front moves through, clears it out, sun comes out, and uh, also cools it down a bit. Oh, yeah, it'll see? be beautiful this weekend. Looking forward to that. We need some beautiful, especially after that monsoon we had, uh, was it last Thursday? Wow. That was incredible, the amount of rain we got. So on the ceasefire text line, uh, Thomas in Greenwood says, Democrats are going to kick our ASSESs again in 2024. Pretty sad. I don't see a path to victory. It does appear that Donald Trump will emerge as the Republican nominee. I, I don't see how that's not going to happen at this point. I don't see a path for any of the the other candidates in the field uh, to be nominated it, as a the Republican candidate. I really don't. And then so it's going to be a rematch of Joe Biden and Donald Trump, 2024. Hard to believe there would be a different outcome. Now, the polls show that folks aren't happy with uh, Joe Biden. Even Democrats aren't happy with Joe Biden. But I still think when it comes to casting a ballot, of course they'll cast for him. And it's same scenario down to a handful of counties in about four states where the presidential election is won or lost and it's just hard to see that those counties would flip i think that the 2022 midterms were also a bit of a harbinger for what we might expect in 2024 republicans continue to predict huge victories and really that didn't occur did not flip the senate and achieved marginal gains to to um, assert control of the House, but not by a significant margin as was expected. Democrats felt like that was a victory for them because usually in the midterms we see a significant trouncing of the members in the House and sometimes the Senate, depending on the states, of course, that are up for re-election, when uh, someone of the opposite party is in the White House. That's just typically how it works. Most Americans say, yeah, we, we don't want one party in charge of uh, the House, Senate, and the White House, so let's bring sort of things back to the middle and install a bit of a firewall, if you will, to to protect against one party just ramming through everything they want. So we got that, but we didn't get it in the numbers that was expected. you you got to take some instruction, I believe, from that. Of course, here in Mississippi, we got uh, statewide races coming up, and those are starting to shift into high gear with candidates for the legislature starting their campaigns, uh, becoming more active around the state of Mississippi. And, of course, we've got statewide elections as well, all those offices. The most contentious, I think we'd argue from a primary perspective, would be the race for the 
lieutenant governor from a primary perspective in the GOP. Obviously, the incumbent lieutenant governor, Delbert Hoseman, is facing serious competition and challenge from state senator Chris McDaniel. He is... um, He's quite active now. He shifted his campaign into high gear. I noticed also yesterday something that's I found very interesting, uh, Rhino. I think you'll find it as such that uh, Senator Daniel Sparks. You know who he is. He's been on the program many times from from uh, Belmont, Mississippi, up in the northeast corner of the state. He tweeted. At Senator McDaniel, staff may have crafted the tweet, but it's false. And it's a tweet where you, you've heard this this refrain a lot, where those um, those that are not in Delbert Hoseman's camp show that they're a bit incensed that he told Donald Trump to go jump in the Gulf. But according to Daniel Sparks, it was the former Kansas Secretary of State, Chris Kobach, who demanded personal ID of Mississippians, including Social Security numbers. That's who the senator claims, according to this tweet I'm reading by the senator, that Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman told to go jump in the Gulf. Also, he calls out Senator McDaniel for not being present to vote for the election integrity bill, which was HB 1310, voted on this past session on March the 7th. And so apparently Senator Chris McDaniel blocked Senator Daniel Sparks on Twitter. And Senator Daniel Sparks tweeted, this is ridiculous, and he shows a a screenshot of uh, which I guess he got returned from Twitter when he tagged Senator McDaniel in his tweet. Twitter returned a message saying that Senator McDaniel has blocked you. And so Senator Sparks then captured a screenshot of that message where he's being blocked and then tweeted just above that screenshot, this is ridiculous. Everything I posted was factual. Candidate McDaniel wants to capture your vote with fiction, not facts. So you see things are heating up for sure when you've got two sitting senators, that in Senator Daniel Sparks and then Senator Chris McDaniel, are not no longer connected in social media. That's... I I don't know what to make of that exactly. These are people that have to work together in our state Senate. I I wonder if that means they don't communicate in the Senate now, that one is being blocked. What happens if Senator McDaniel emerges as the lieutenant governor, the eventual lieutenant governor, and we have a sitting senator in Senator Sparks who has been blocked by Senator McDaniel? That doesn't seem that would bode well for Senator Sparks's legislative efforts in the future i i don't know and so thomas and greenwood says i was on that thread it's just sparks being a lapdog for for delbert i i guess you could be i i just find that 
intriguing and interesting at a minimum, and that's why I wanted to pass on that we've got two senators who no longer are connected in um, uh, on social media. That's interesting. Let's see here what else we got. Uh, it's going to be a 2019 redo, says Thomas in Greenwood. Everyone running based solely on their support of Trump. I hope not. Honestly, I hope not. And um, Donald Trump, in my view, regardless of the fact that he was a prior president and a candidate for president again, uh, I really don't think should influence his endorsements or lack of endorsements. I, I would like to see that not influence and be less of a factor and how voters cast their ballots in these elections. It's, it's irrelevant, in, in my view. Bo in Indianola says, in, in a rematch of 24, it depends on three things. How many mail-in ballots will be allowed? How many illegals will get to vote in? And can Trump keep his big mouth shut being cheated? You know, Bo, I, I take a different viewpoint on that. I would say that as long as Republicans continue to hold as truth to them that the election was, quote, stolen and that Joe Biden really didn't win it, Donald Trump won it, I would say proceed at your own peril. I'd say, I, don't, I would also say that grossly overestimates the popularity of Donald Trump in 2020 and grossly underestimates just how strong is the left base in this country, the left swath of constituents in this country you get out of the state of mississippi which is only three million people we're less than one percent of the total population of the country and we only have six electoral votes i think you've got to got to really take a hard look and be taken into consideration the large blue states and then the so-called swing states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Georgia, Arizona, and really how things go there. I really believe we're underestimating. If John Fetterman can win in Pennsylvania, a key swing state who is grossly unqualified to be a state senator and you may say well he only won because they cheated it shouldn't even be close honestly when you look at that race but it was and he won and again we can continue to point to this idea that the election was stolen but i'd say that's pretty much going to guarantee you're going to go down and defeat again it's time for a break here on middays danny smith president of lot furniture in the Element Well Studios in Summit, Mississippi, next. Three. Covering the stories that matter most to Mississippians. Gerard Gibbert. Middays with Gerard. Super Talk, Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Middays live in the Element Well Studios today in Summit, Mississippi, for Smoking on the Tracks. Joining us now is Danny Smith, the president of Lot Furniture. Danny, thanks for coming on Middays. Yeah, happy to be here. All right, so we got the big Smoking on the Tracks event. Uh, do you benefit from that with all the folks uh, coming into town? Well, 
it, it puts a lot of people in Pike County. Yeah. Uh, India, who started the uh, Spoken on the Track several years ago, she's done a really good job of, of promoting it. Um, and it's it's definitely an event that's, a, that's grown a lot uh, in the last few years. Yeah. It's still a pretty young event, but it's, um, uh, it's became very, very popular. Tell us about the company. Uh, old company. Uh, started in Macomb in 1941. Wow. Um, <clears throat> uh, Reuben Lott... It, started it he has uh several small credit stores uh, across southern mississippi uh my granddaddy went to work for reuben lott um just after the korean war uh in meridian um and then he managed the day-to-day in laurel and then he had an opportunity to uh in the 80s buy a lot of furniture from an existing uh, manager who had purchased it from Reuben. Uh, so my dad came here in 1980 from Jackson, um, and so uh, I grew up in the store um, and uh, downtown for years uh, until 2007. Bought property uh, and built on I-55. Yeah. What's your secret for staying in business so long? That's impressive. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, that's a good question. Um, the, uh, you know, I really, we tr- really try to. Uh, our, our trade area is is fifty miles each way. We uh, we really hammer that. Uh, we try to uh, uh, speed. I believe is what sets us apart. Uh, you, you buy it that day. A lot of buy it. You get it that day or the next wow, day. I that's think that's what cool. kind of what separates us. Yeah. And I'm I'm just looking at your website. Uh, great looking store, uh, lots of fine looking furniture, and great selection. Is that something else you you try to have? Yeah, a, a so assortment. It, it being it being uh, the largest showroom, uh, you know, within uh, sixty miles of each way of Macomb, yeah. that certainly helps us. It's yeah. it's a thir- the the store is thirty five thousand feet. Um, so obviously we show more furniture, so that definitely helps. Yeah, and I've read some of the testimonies. It looks like uh, people really think highly of your staff and the way they're treated. Yep, um, I think that everybody's obviously local. So you know, in a small town, small county, uh, you know, it's all about uh, making sure we keep everybody happy. We yeah. Try not to have any you know uh, bad customer experiences. What's the situation now with respect to product availability and and uh, how inflation perhaps has affected your industry? I know for a while there the cost of a shipping container was outrageous, and that was becoming a big factor in the price of furniture. It was. In fact, yesterday I was uh, – so last June, uh, June of 22, was the – uh, probably the most expensive uh, freight we ever paid on uh, ocean freight. Um, I was giving somebody an example yesterday. Uh, last year, the most we ever paid in freight alone on a shipping container was about seventeen thousand. Uh, same container came in yesterday, hit our door yesterday, went down to forty five hundred. Wow! Yeah, is that pretty close to the pre pandemic level? Yeah, pre pandemic was right around four. So yeah. we're back to that. Well, that's good. Um, you know, there was. Uh, uh, the con- there was so much consumption going on in twenty and or yeah. twenty one and twenty two. Uh, I mean, you pretty much had to bid on getting your container booked on that boat. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so it really drove up, you know, the pricing of of the shipping, sure. and that was, um, you know, it wasn't that the furniture took a huge increase. It was everything freight related. Yeah. 
any items uh, in particular that uh, are, are showing out as, as hot sellers for you that folks are looking for? So right now, uh, what I'm seeing here in the last couple of months, uh, anything soft has uh, has categorically has moved, meaning you know sofa love chair recliner uh, or bedding. Uh, case goods has cooled off a little bit. Okay. Uh, you know any of the wood goods has cooled off. So um, you know. The soft goods has been where it's at. Yeah, and uh, what you said you serve kind of the, within about a sixty mile radius or so. Yeah, we, we um, you know, the uh, we really hammer you know for fifty miles each way. We re- that's you. really our home. Um, but uh, yeah, furniture is so a good investment, isn't it? Yes, um, yes, it is. Yeah, yes. I mean, we all got to have it. You yeah. might as well buy stuff that's high quality that uh, that's right. comes with good service. That's right. Company that backs it up and yep, got to have it. Otherwise, you just got. Otherwise, you sit on the floor. <laughs> sitting on the floor. <laughs> that's right. Well, congratulations, Danny, on all the success of Lot Furniture. Appreciate you joining us here on Middays today. All right. Thank you. Thanks a lot. We're stepping aside for a break. It's top of the hour. That means Fox News, Super Talk News. We're coming back right afterwards. In the next hour, it's Larry LeBlanc, pastor of First Baptist Church of Summit, and Jamie Swafford, marketing manager of Ag Up Equipment. Stay with us. Talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Begin your transition now. Now on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Hour two of Middays. We are live in the Element Well Studios today, set up right next to the railroad tracks in Summit, Mississippi. That's because we're here for smoking on the tracks. I think this is the 12th annual event. We had India Warshower on earlier, the coordinator of smoking on the tracks. Talking about the festivities this weekend. Sounds like there's going to be great entertainment Lots of food and just a jolly old good time here in Pike County, Mississippi, Summit, Mississippi. So in case uh, you're thinking about going to work for Rocket Mortgage, something you may want to consider if you are a, I guess it would be a male who identifies as a female or perhaps you're a real female who has transitioned to being a male, or certainly think you are. Well, the good folks at Rocket Mortgage are accommodating you. You see, they're putting tampons in the men's bathroom. They're promoting what they call menstrual equity. Menstrual equity. Everything's equity. Yep. Apparently, someone on the inside has leaked this practice by Rocket Mortgage, which, by the way, is the largest mortgage originator in the country. 
400,000 loans in 2022 the lender originated. $127 billion of mortgages. I, you just wonder how much of their company resources, and it's not just them. We've talked about this before. How, how, how much resources are being devoted to this sort of stuff? Shouldn't they be worried about processing mortgages? They're a major player in the business, but now they're putting feminine hygiene products in the men's room. They informed employees of the decision, declaring it was a step towards menstrual equity. They sent an email out. We will now see menstrual products in all our men's bathrooms in our locations that are using Ant Flow. Apparently, this Ant Flow organization is some sort of third-party service provider to companies, to entities, to help them accommodate this sort of stuff, like distribute these and place these products uh, in restrooms. I wasn't familiar with this, but I'm looking at a, a photo. It's a box. And it's got an Ant Flow registered logo on the side of the box, and it's got two compartments in it. And the compartments have feminine hygiene products in them. You ever heard of this group before, Rhino? Ant Flow? Uh, not the group, no. Apparently, it's a company, and this is their business, and they sell their services to other companies, so they take care of this sort of stuff. I guess I get that from um, a a female bathroom perspective, but now Ant Flow, they describe themselves as a business that helps ensure offices, schools, and more have free feminine products available. So they're accommodating. Does this sound crazy to anybody else? I mean, can't they just... Like I said, originate mortgages, process mortgage loan applications. Seems like that's what they ought to be doing instead of engaging in this sort of crazy activity. Unbelievable. What does a biological male use them for? I don't know exactly. That's James in Hattiesburg. I'd have to think through that. I suspect that... A really bad um, nosebleed. <laughs> what was the other story we shared about freezing tomato juice in the old Tupperware popsicle molds and and so, just sort of emulate the flow? Oh, gosh. This is crazy. It's so upside down. It truly is. And yesterday... Of course, we reported that the House of Representatives, House of Representatives passed the bill totally on party lines that would prohibit biological males from competing in women's sports. At the federal level, this would prohibit. And it did not get a single Democrat vote. It's already dead on arrival, as announced by Senate Majority Leader. 
Chuck Schumer. But old Hakeem Jeffries, you know him, he's the minority leader in the House. He was the Democrats' choice for speaker when that uh, vote was being taken, when the House of Representatives was considering who would lead them as their speaker. He tweeted, transgender children simply want to live, make friends, and belong. This was after the bill. Instead, they face bullying by extreme MAGA Republicans in Congress. I voted no on the cruel right-wing effort to ban kids from sports. No, Congressman Jeffries, what's cruel? He said that Republicans lack compassion, by the way, by voting to prohibit biological males from competing against biological females. What's cruel is stripping away the opportunity for female athletes to realize their dream by working hard, sacrificing, and preparing to compete against other female athletes. You basically have nullified that. You're stripping away that opportunity. That's what's cruel. You know what else is cruel? Is allowing biological males to share restrooms and locker rooms, in particular in the context of sports, with girls, with females. That's cruel. That's bullying. That's forcing. He's got it upside down, but we're not surprised by that. Well, he does this have a D by his think. name. It's insane. It's totally insane. That's bullying. Radical. You're radical if you think that only females should compete against females in sports. That's radical. Wow. James in Hattiesburg says, I'm 42 and have never needed any referring to feminine hygiene uh, products. Well, just in case you go to work for Rocket Mortgage and you change your mind there, James, which I suspect is doubtful, they're going to take care of you there. Fragrance equality. Bathroom polo cologne in the women's restroom on the Siege Park tax line. When's the last oh, time you wow. saw a couch or a love seat in a men's room? What about, we're talking about equality and equity here. Come on. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, that is just incredible. Well, I don't know about all this stuff. I just think it's totally upside down. And I, I think we're so wrapped up like a pretzel over all this. Good grief. Donnie from Pike County says, I don't figure it will go down very good in the South. I think you'd be surprised, Donnie. I, I, I think there are pockets of people that are fully aligned with this ideology, they're just not as perhaps as evident, not as exposed. Man, it's totally I mean, they crazy. text into this show all the time. <laughs> oh, wow. So uh, back to the situation with the 2024 presidential election. I, I, I just believe if we continue to hold on to the belief that Fraud is the reason, the exclusive reason, that Donald Trump was defeated and that it uh, is really, I've heard people say there's no sense in voting because the voting is, uh, 
is inaccurate and lacks integrity, which I don't think that's the solution. But as long as we hold on to this idea that Donald Trump truly would have won with without all of the so-called fraud in voting, which is yet to be proven beyond a shadow of a doubt, that's let, uh, yet to um, be supported by empirical evidence and truth. I just think that that is a, a recipe for failing again in 2024. I totally do. It's incredible. But we are at a break right here on Middays. The Element Well Studios are down in Summit, Mississippi today for Smoking on the Tracks. When we come back, it's Larry LeBlanc, the pastor of First Baptist Church of Summit. Talk that keeps Mississippi talking. We're rolling. Hit it. Go. Play it. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. We are back. On middays, live from Summit, Mississippi, for smoking on the tracks. That's where we are. We're right next to the tracks. We've had one train come through here already this morning. It uh, shook the shook the joint up a little bit, but we survived it. And joining us now is Larry LaBoff, pastor of the First Baptist Church in Summit. Larry, good to see you. Great to be with you, Jordan. So the smoking on the tracks is a big deal for uh, this community, is it not? Absolutely. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a great opportunity for everybody to come down and visit. It's a old-fashioned festival with a lot of really good food. Yeah, and it, it exposes uh, a, a great Mississippi small community here. A- absolutely. I, I think when people come to Summit for events such as this, they realize that we've got a, a very special place here. It's a privilege to be in a community like this and some great folks and, and just a really good time. Tell us how it's going at the church there. It- it's fantastic. The Lord has blessed us in an incredible way. Um, the Lord showed us years ago that we really had the opportunity here right on 55 with our location, not just to be a community church, but really to be a, a regional church. And the Lord is, is helping us to reach people. We're constantly growing, and, and it's been it's been really an exciting thing to be a part of. It's a joy. Good. What's the message these days, Pastor? The message never changes. Um, the message is always the cross. The message is always the gospel. The message is always that Jesus liberates us from sin and redeems us and makes us to be a friend of God. So even though the times change and even though the issues change, um, Jesus, the risen Savior and Lord, is always, and the gospel is always the driving and motivating factor behind everything we do. Yeah, and we are, of course, uh, reminded of that recently when we celebrated Easter. And something that I've always took away from that was, was taught a long time ago uh, back in catechism was uh, one must sacrifice before they can celebrate. And we sort of see that play play out in the uh, in the Easter 
uh, period with uh, the Lord sacrificing on the cross there, but then two days later, celebration with the resurrection. Absolutely. I, I think you make an excellent point. And when we when we look at the gospel and see what Jesus has done for us, the greatest sacrifice of all time followed by the greatest victory of all time. So what we now know is that because of his sacrifice and his subsequent victory, um, that those of us that know him as Savior, that have repented of our sins and given our lives to Christ, that we celebrate that same victory. And that's, that's a message not just for Easter Sunday. That's a message 365 I mean, every that, day. That maps to real life, does Abs- it not? Absolutely. Uh, when we think about our salvation, it's not just that we can get to heaven one day. It's so that on a Friday in April, on a Tuesday in October, that we live like we have a risen Lord, that we live like we have a hope. Hebrews says it's the anchor for our souls. So it's, a, it's incredible that every day it's the driving, motivating factor in our life. You know, Pastor, with all this technology we have, it's, it, we're constantly exposed to things going on, not only in our, our communities, our states, our country, the world. And it seems like our media dwells on all the negative, mm. all, all the evil, mm-hmm. all the wicked. How do we deal with that? How do we manage through that? Well, I think I think obviously it's unfortunate, but negativity sells, uh, and because negativity sells, um, and that drives ratings. But I think that the important part of that is there is a lot of negativity, a lot of negative things that are happening. But I think in the midst of that, we have to remember, um, there's the train. Yeah, there's our train. <laughs> We're on the tracks. <laughs> in, the, in the midst of that, that we, know, that we know the answer and we know how things are going to come out. And no matter what the issues are, no matter what it is we face, the segment you were talking about earlier, whether you were talking about what we face from progressive agendas and what we face from liberalism and what we face even with the transgender and homosexual movements these days what we know is is that because of the resurrection um the book of revelation if you had to summarize it in just a few words it would be that god wins in the end so because of that we're we remain hopeful and we don't allow ourselves to always be drugged down in the muck and the mire um to remember to lift our head up and to smile we serve a god who owns the cattle of a thousand hills and that there's not a problem that we face that he has not already brought people through bigger and more difficult struggles yeah and Surely those of us that um, uh, attend church on a regular basis and are part of a church community, it, it's, it's a bit of a respite from all of the nonsense. I, I know that's one of the things I look forward to. Uh, certainly every Sunday is, is just a, a time for reflection and reconciliation and, and maybe just to gather your wits and pull things back to reality that uh, God's in control and you just have to remain faithful. Absolutely. Well, when, you, when we go to church, it, it, one of the things that ought to be one of the main goals is that we know that we're hearing the truth. The Bible says, Thy word is truth. And we live in a world in which people honestly never know where they're getting the truth anymore. It seems like information, as you said, from every media outlet and all sides are coming at them. And so part of what what you're referring to I think is really important that we have an opportunity that we recenter ourselves on things that we are positive uh, are God's words and that no matter what else happens around us that there are some things that are not going to change and an immutable God and his precepts and his word is one of those things that's unchanging. And that's uh, of course I think one of the key 
values and benefits of, of being a person of faith is you get comfort from that. Mm, absolutely. And um, second Corinthians chapter one, he says he is the God of all comfort. And I think most of the time when we think of that, we're thinking about comfort in the big things in our life, uh, you know, with deaths or sicknesses, but if you know the Lord, you know that he comforts you in the daily stresses and the daily anxieties and the worries that comes up and raising children and finances, that he is our constant calm, that we don't just look to him in crisis, but we look to him in each moment of the day. And I think that's where we find that comfort and and going to being a part of a local body of Christ, I think helps us to motivate us and to bring us back to those places when we really do need to recenter on the things that are absolutely vital. Yeah. A lot of good people in your congregation. I assume you you uh, feel good about that. A- absolutely fantastic. I, I've, I've been here now. Uh, it's amazing to say this, but almost eighteen years. Um, and so, in that amount of time, a place becomes home, um, and you fall in love with the church, and you fall in love with the people, and you recognize that no matter where it is you live, that it's going to be made up of by the relationships that you have. And I can't imagine being in a better community with better people that love the Lord and love each other than than Summit. It's a great place to live and then they come together in this annual rite of spring to uh to celebrate and uh enjoy each other's company absolutely some food and entertainment absolutely. And really showcase the town there's there's no doubt about that they have a lot of fun that's that's awesome uh what's the future of the church do you think well, the, I think when we talk about the church, certainly there, there's the church collective, yeah. and we're talking about the church as a whole, um, not just our individual body of Christ, but the church as a whole. Um, I would tell people to, to lift up their heads. The Bible says salvation draws nigh. The future of the church is bright. Um, we have the same, I mentioned the first question you ask is what is the message, and the message remains the same. And because that message remains the same, it, we have every reason to be positive, to have faith. I really believe that in the next few years we're going to see one of the greatest revivals that we have seen in centuries and i think part of that is because the pendulum's going to swing back we've we've seen some of the most aggressive egregious evil tactics that have taken place over the last decade and the assault on the family the assault on god the assault on sexuality and i think at some point people are going to be looking for what it is that only god provides and the bible says that if we seek him we'll find him if we seek him with all our heart so i'm a real believer that in my children's generation they are going to experience a move of god maybe like hasn't been seen since the the second great awakening are you seeing the younger generations uh, start to turn more to god and faith in general is this uh is this growing in popularity, or are we losing them? Well, I think one thing that we've got that, that's that's really a, really beneficial is for years it was very possible for people to be under the radar and be a cultural Christian, that yeah. you could be a member of a church just like you were a member of a country club for the social connections and other things. But because now you really have to, you're called to be salt and light, if you're really living out your faith, you're going to be exactly what the Bible describes. You're going to be an alien and a stranger and a foreign land and so for a lot of students i think right now they're starting to realize that for me to really live out my faith we're going to have some people that i I believe the faith is going to grow because there's going to be some lines marked in the sand and there's some students and some young people that are excited about that that are excited about living out their faith that are excited about not just having a a card that they've signed or being a part of a membership role but they really want to make a radical difference and so i think that that's one of the things that's exciting about the future yeah and it's incumbent 
upon us as adults to lead them in that direction and inspire them and and uh, give them hope. Absolutely. Because there's so many you feel like have had this kind of sentiment of hopeless, but we can change that and turn that around. Uh, again, there's comfort, there's salvation, there's grace in God. And appreciate you coming on, Pastor. Thank you. I appreciate you, Gerard. Yes, sir. Good to see you. And we're stepping aside for a break right here in the Element Well Studios in Summit, Mississippi, for smoking on the tracks. Coming right back, and at uh, we're going to wrap up the hour today with Jamie Swafford, marketing manager of Ag Up Equipment, the mayor of Summit, Percy Robinson, on in the next hour. Stay with us. Everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbons on Super Talk Mississippi. That's the great Stevie Wonder. I believe that's from the album Songs in the Key of Life. Is that right? Right. Yes, sir. Houston's over here shaking his head. So that was popular when I was in college. Remember all that very well. Speaking of popular music when we were young, I have some breaking news. Okay. Uh, Mississippi rapper Afro Man, popular when I was in high school. Has filed to run for president. Wow, really? He filed uh, the paperwork to run in the 2024 election as an independent. Uh, okay, as an independent. How about that? How about that? Has he got a chance? Uh, probably not, but hey, we got a Mississippian running. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, well, we'll see where all that goes. It ought to be an interesting deal. You know, I forgot to mention that Robert F. Kennedy has declared that he is a candidate for president as a Democrat. He, of course, the son of uh, Robert Kennedy, who was assassinated by, I believe the shooter's name was Sirhan Sirhan. Is that right? Houston shaking his head. 1968. In Los Angeles, I'm trying to recall all this from memory. This was just prior to the Democratic National Convention, and he was cruising. I think he likely would have been the Democrat candidate, probably would have won, honestly. Now, I wouldn't characterize him as a radical left-winger. He's more moderate. He's an anti-vax guy. I, I did uh, call him out, you recall, Rhino, a couple of weeks ago for a social media post where he was jumping on the Fed Now system. That's the new system that the Federal Reserve clearing system will roll out in July. And he indicated in the post that uh, that, that system would establish a federal digital currency, which is 100% false. So at that point, eh, I, I kind of felt like 
that he needed some more fact-checking to help him out in his uh, in his post. But he is a more moderate candidate. Uh, and if you think about John F. Kennedy, when he was the president as a Democrat, he would have no chance of getting the nomination as a Democrat today. Heck, he's more aligned with Republican principles, if there's any consensus of those these days. But uh, certainly from an economic perspective, he, he supported lower taxes. There's not a Democrat in Washington that supports lower taxes, except for those who currently pay no taxes. They want to send them more money. See, that's what they, whenever they talk about the Trump tax cuts well all the tax cuts went to the wealthy they went to the the upper income taxpayers well that's true because they're the only ones who pay taxes it's the old jethro bodine the not times not equal not so how do you give a tax cut to someone who's not paying any taxes what they're not telling you is that the goal is to send them more money through all these refundable credits so it's not that we're going to cut your taxes. We're going to send you money. And that money's coming from the upper income people where we want to impose higher taxes. It's just classic redistribution. I don't know if you guys are still as aggravated as I am about these new mortgage regulations going into effect where those with better credit scores are going to pay higher mortgage rates than those with lower credit scores. Essentially, it's rewarding irresponsible financial behavior. And what you're doing is is demonizing those who are responsible, who handle their affairs in a proper fashion. You're victimizing those who are irresponsible, just like they victimize criminals. This is an attack on the American dream. You hear Joe Biden, the Democrats, talking about ending the end of the American dream because of MAGA policies. No, this is an attack on the American dream because the American dream has always been you you uh, get a job, you go to school, you get a job, you work hard, you pay your bills on time, you take care of your affairs, you borrow a little money, and you buy a house. That's what's unique about this country is private property. It's essential to our economic system, and it's embedded in our Constitution, our system of government. You buy a house with a little white picket fence. You know the the, the, the typical model there. But no, you can't do that. You can't expect that if you are a responsible citizen in handling of your personal affairs. In fact, you're being penalized. It's a responsibility tax is what it is. And you're setting up for failure those who have not appropriately handled their financial affairs. This is social-based lending, not risk-based lending. It's blatant redistribution. It's so infuriating, so infuriating. And, of course, don't forget the taxpayers bailed out Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac after the 2008 
financial crash because of similar policies. A $191 billion bailout. And this is what you get for it. And, of course, the Democrats are in total support of this. This is uh, so maddening. And then, and then yesterday, not a single Democrat stood up for women in support of this bill that would prohibit males, biological males, from competing against females. Ceasefire text line president-elect says, hell, I'd vote for Afro, man. Got to be better than the bumbling fool we have now. Thomas and Greenwood, more incentive to just save up and pay cash for your house. Oh, sure, Thomas. That's so unrealistic, man. So unrealistic. How many people do you think have some sort of occupation that allows them to save, by the way, the average house price, $370,000. How many people can save $370,000 at some point in their life so that they can just go put all that down on a house or actually just purchase a house? He also says Robert Kennedy is more conservative than Trump. I totally disagree with you on that, Thomas. Robert Kennedy supports He's anti, his big theme is he's anti this link between corporate America and corporate cronyism and the government. And I'm with him on that. I think there is too much of that. But from an economic perspective, no. He believes we need more government, bigger government in our lives. He believes government should be more of a problem solver. So I think you're wrong about that. So you are saying if I start skipping payments, my payment price will actually reduce insanity. It only applies to new mortgages originated after July 1. doesn't apply to existing mortgages. And it's somewhere between $40 and $100 a month additional for those with better credit scores and about the same amount lower for those with poor credit scores, worse credit scores. What was the website y'all were talking about the other day that you asked a question and it typed out a response? You're talking about chat GPT, evidently. Y'all asked about Biden and gun control. If you can please text back. I think Dave and you were doing that, weren't you, Rhino, the other day? I was out. Doing a little testing. Oh, oh, it was was Dave and, uh, and Will. That's right. It's chat GPT and just go look up OpenAI and you'll see all sorts of sites where you can... Uh, you're you're guided to sites that allow you to enter text prompts, and the tool will produce responses. Louis from the 662 says, Gerard, I hate what our government has become. Don't vote for what you know is right. Vote what gets your party's money and support in order to get reelected. You're telling me every Democratic legislator in D.C. thinks men should compete in female sports. Yeah, Louis, based on the vote yesterday and based on the leader in the house i read his tweet he considers it he considers it radical he considers it bullying you're bullying a male by not allowing them to compete against females they consider that bullying and this idea that a transgender children simply want to live make friends and belong well making friends is a completely separate matter than competing in sports so that's just such a ruse. It's, I hate the way they just hijack these narratives like that. Will they put urinals in the women's bathroom, says uh, TJ. You know, we shared a story about that, Rhino, a few weeks ago, one of the school districts that 
they've done something with respect to that. Um, it seems like they reconfigured the bathrooms in 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 fact to accommodate males using boys actually the girls' bathroom in schools, which is is just totally nuts. Uh, but it's a good question though. Should we rename them man ponds or trans ponds? <laughs> Well, I like that. That's pretty funny. Jamie Swafford, the marketing manager of Ag Up Equipment, is up next. Then the news, followed by Percy Robinson, the mayor at 1220 of Summit, Mississippi. Coming right back. That's where we are. Days with Gerard. Good for America. Good for fans of justice and truth. Good for us. Super Talk Mississippi. This is what we stand for. It's middays, and we are at Smoking on the Tracks, Summit, Mississippi, Pike County. Joining us now here in the Element Well Studios, which has been relocated to Summit today, is Jamie Swafford, the marketing manager of Ag Up Equipment. Jamie, good to see you again. Good to see you. Well, we're here for Smoking on the Tracks. Uh, smells good. Yeah, I know. They're going to be cooking it up, brewing up some uh, some good eats here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty big deal. We have enjoyed talking to uh, some of the local folks here about uh, this event. It's a big deal for this community for this county it's a great this is a great community i always love coming down here yeah. to this location uh, lots of lots of good people here where's the closest ag up store like less than a mile that's what i thought <laughs> i knew there was one here in town so yeah. um yep. what are you selling these days i know you're selling uh, all that big old equipment we are but we have a great event going on this week it ends saturday though. okay so we have a sales event this week, and you can save up to $2,500 off a 1 through 5 series tractor. And um, we even have some discounts on some model year 22s and zero for 72. Wow. That's huge. Wow. That's, yeah. Zero for 72? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty big these it's big. days. Yeah. Yeah, and we also even like if you're not if you're not in you've got your tractor from us, there's like 15% off some of our accessories. So you know, you could save all the way around. You, you want got, a hood uh, for your tractor, like a not hood, um, yeah. a canopy. <laughs> a canopy. Yeah. Um, now's the time to go and get it. Stocking position. Summer. How you doing? You in good shape? We're good. Yeah, we're really good. All that seems to have stabilized, you think? It's beginning to. I mean, there's some categories where we're still seeing where it's a little bit of a weight, but yeah. it's not nearly what it was. So, yeah. yeah, we're good. Well, uh, I'm always fascinated uh, by these uh, these huge equipment uh they look like the cockpit of a 747 when you sit inside of them there the big it's pretty impressive the big ones do they do it's I mean, a lot it's of technology glass screens and yeah there's a lot of technology we use to produce food and fiber these days but it's coming to even you know the smaller equipment the utility tractors and things especially down here in summit hay is a, a you know cattle and hay is, is a big deal too okay. and so it's coming to even the utility tractors where you're going to have that technology available to you unbelievable yeah and so this is enabling uh those uh, in the businesses farmers etc that use this equipment to be a lot more productive is it not that's the name of the game productivity and and you know um when you're talking about food and equipment uh, 
food and fiber, just you know, crops, that type of thing, u- utilizing less less chemicals, um, better usage of your water. Just there's it kind of from top to bottom that technology helps you be more efficient, more productive, better yields. All all of it. All it's the above. All of yeah. yeah. Kind of a whole package. So do so we have a sea and spray sprayer right now that's running. That's really cool. That is really cool. We've talked about that yep. last. Saw February. that at the uh, mm-hmm. trademark. Yep. It um it's it's a very awesome piece of machinery. There's a customer of ours using it, and he's seeing incredible savings from it. I don't I don't want to say the specific number, but yeah. I know it's north of. Uh, it's a it's a large, it's yeah. way north of fifty percent savings. That is fantastic. On chemical consumption. All right, so tell us about your dealer network. How many stores you have, and where they're located? Because we got a lot yeah. of people listening all over the place. So we have twelve locations in the state of Mississippi, basically from about um, well from Lexington all the way down to Poplarville, over here to Summit in Centerville, Mississippi. So we have lots of locations to serve you. So. You know, not only can you get the equipment you need, there's parts that you need and yeah. service. So, so that network really helps support you after the sale. And a lot of people that know their stuff when it comes to this equipment, right? Yes, John Deere has got one of the best dealer networks as well as training. We we provide so much training to our technicians on the equipment so that you're we keep you rolling basically. When when things go down, we keep you rolling as quickly as we can because time is money, right? Yeah, no doubt. Has has John Deere shared any announcements about any sort of new technology, new equipment that you can tell us about today? (laughs) They have a lot of new technology coming out. Um, They are constantly developing new technology, but probably one of the coolest things that is about to come is is an electric zero turn. Really? Mm -hmm. Electric? Mm Mm-hmm. Have you... Seen we, it? Witnessed it? We haven't. I, I've seen it. Yeah. We haven't. We haven't gotten one yet. I can't remember the the actual date um, when you'll start seeing them. But it's pretty mm-hmm. soon. It's coming like within the next twelve months. Or as uh, far as like to the consumer. Yeah. yeah. Do they maintain that performance is equivalent mm-hmm. to a traditional mm-hmm. gas powered? Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. It's. I think three seventy R. I think is the mod. I don't. Don't. But I'm pretty sure that's that's the model number. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. We look that's forward exciting. to hearing more about that. Yeah. I know, uh, so would the folks that are thinking about buying. Yep. It's, it's out there. You can go look it up already. Really cool. Yep. Jamie Swafford, Marketing Manager, Ag Up Equipment. Thanks for coming on. Good to see you again. Thank you. Yep. Y'all have a great weekend. Absolutely. We're stepping aside for a break right here. It's the end of Hour 2 of Middays. That means it's time for Fox News and Super Talk News. And then in the next hour, it's Percy Robinson, the mayor of Summit, Mississippi, and Rob Belote, the president of Southwest Distributors Incorporated. We'll come in right back. That keeps Mississippi talking. That's what I like to listen to. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. In Summit, Mississippi today for smoking on the tracks on this 
Friday, y'all. The sun is peeking out just a tad here, Rhino. Are you starting to see that rain build up behind us uh, out in the west that you said is supposed to move through the area later on today, huh? Yeah, the extended forecast radar still shows a, a gnarly cloud or line of clouds forming over the river as it moves into the Magnolia State uh, a little later today and into tonight. I got you. Well, shoot. Ed in the Delta on the ceasefire text line says, I can't get why the Democrats have gone so totally in on the transgender policy agenda. They're such a tiny voter group. I think that's where we got to be a little bit more analytical, Ed. It's it's not just to, to promote favor with Trans, the transgender population, which is infinitesimal in order to garner their votes, that is consistent with the Democrat liberal base in this country, who truly does, many of whom do, believe in the ideology and that that should be part of the agenda. It's uh, So you can't just look at those people uh, who who are transgender or identified differently than their biological gender, they perhaps they've had the surgery, the treatment, maybe they haven't, and it's no different than all the critical race theory and, and all the diversity, equity, and inclusion programs and efforts and um, and that entire agenda, which has been incorporated into all policy making by executive order uh, in uh, in Washington by executive order by Joe Biden well that's not to again uh, to um, sort of sh- strengthen and stratify the voting base of minorities it's really white liberals who are pushing that agenda because that that voting base is relatively small. It still largely supports a Democrat policy, Democrat candidates. But really, it's it's white liberals is who they're pandering to. I believe that more than anything. And and if you see that most of the rhetoric, most of the reporting and information concerning that uh, that those concepts. That's where it comes from. It doesn't come from the people whom they claim to represent or or be attempting to help. It's the same thing with this um, use of the word uh, Latinx is, uh, in exchange for the word Latino. You, you've seen that used regularly by by white liberals, but when you talk to Hispanics to whom they're referring, they seem to not be in favor of the word. They seem to, many of them loathe it and think it's offensive and condescending. They don't seem to ever check with those people when they take up those uh, those sorts of efforts. John in Pontotoc says it's just dividing us, that's why. I don't know what the value is in dividing us. I really don't. And it certainly does. I I do believe that all the focus on that. Who is it? uh, Morgan Freeman that said the the way to uh, maybe reduce 
racism in this country is to quit talking about it so much. And there's maybe some truth to that. I think that's possible wisdom. But same sort of deal. I don't know why they seem to um, seem to have this intent of dividing. It's like there's some sort of power derived from it. Because so it's easier to sway low information voters if you divide and conquer, if you have a, an opponent that you can bounce off of. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the case. It's it's kind of lazy if you think about it. Rather than talking about substantive substantive policy matters and and the issues, it's just our our politics is sort of deteriorated to just a bunch of rhetoric on both sides. Honestly, abstract rhetoric, very very little in the way of specifics and explicit dialogue and and communication that really talks about how in the world are we going to fix our various problems it's the same with the climate change so it's you if you look at now the gender ideology climate change and racism the equity so-called diversity equity and inclusion those are really the three pillars of the democrat party i mean that's in essence that frames all of their policies and they're way more social focused from an economic perspective for the most part their their economic agenda is tax the higher incomes and redistribute it to lower incomes i mean that's the nutshell of their economic policy and really nothing substantive there's certainly no pro-growth policies no pro-supply policies anything but that and you've seen now the last couple of days Joe Biden has agreed. Even Janet Yellen, Secretary of the Treasury, Jennifer Granholm, Secretary of Energy, have all agreed that the Inflation Reduction Act, they've used it in various speaking settings. And Joe, yesterday in a formal speech, basically said that he referred to the Inflation Reduction Act as the the bill that has more investment in climate change than any in the history of the country, and, and nothing else in the world even comes close to matching up with it. So he's admitting this is a climate change bill. It's the Inflation Reduction Act is is such a misnomer and such a joke. Well, so did Janet Yellen. She said something about how important that bill is because of its investments in green energy and so-called climate change. And, of course, when you look at that bill and you look at the value of those investments, well, every single time the government has attempted to pour money into these green energy efforts and and, um, solutions, what they would call solutions, it always dramatically exceeds the budget. Look no further than California, where in 2008 there was a bond issue for their high-speed rail that would connect the state north and south. And that was estimated to be $33 billion. Well, here we are. Now the final plan just came out late 2022 is up to 113 billion so they have they have exceeded the original budget 
by almost 4x. But consider this. This is why even that is inaccurate. Do a little math. The rail authority accelerated the pace of construction from the starter system, but at the current spending rate of $1.8 million a day, this train would not be completed this century. So much for saving the planet, because I thought that once we hit sort of 2050, isn't that what they say, when the planet is is scheduled to heat by 1.5 degrees, and at that point, basically the earth ceases to exist. So this project is a, is a huge joke, and a redistribution of wealth is all it is. Uh, and and these, these projects never come in on budget. They always cost way more than are projected, and they produce nothing. So they've admitted it's climate change. As a father of female athletes, I'm totally disgusted at this agenda, says Brandon from Boonville on the ceasefire tax line. Where are the women's rights activists now? We, we reported that a couple of organizations yesterday, we reported this, you may not have heard it, Brandon, that described themselves as radical feminist groups came out in support of the GOP bill, broke ranks with the Democrats. Now, they described themselves as is bipartisan. I don't know if I would agree with that or nonpartisan. We'd also check the National Organization for Women. That's probably the maybe the longest standing feminist organization advocate for women's rights. We checked their site yesterday and we saw nothing on the site about uh, support for this bill that would prohibit males from competing in female sports. Racism is a business. A lot of folks make a lot of money using it, says Randy in Madison, Mississippi. There's no doubt that the entire DEI agenda is an industry. It's become really more of a shakedown. You're seeing more and more of these consulting organizations sprout up that do um, like pronoun consulting as an example for a bunch of money it is time for a break here on middays we are at smoking on the tracks in summit mississippi we've got the mayor of summit joining us next three interrupt this program Gerard Gibbert. Here we go. This is huge, huge, huge news. Huge, huge, huge news. Huge. You need to listen to this. Middays with Gerard. Super Talk, Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone, to Middays. We are live in Summit, Mississippi today for Smoking on the Tracks, and that's where we are, right next to the railroad tracks in downtown Summit. We welcome now the mayor of Summit, Mississippi, the Honorable Percy Robinson. Mayor, good to see you, sir. Hey, good to see you once again. Thank yes, you. sir. Thank you for having me on the show here today, and uh, I thank Super Talk for coming down on uh, the day of Smoking on the Tracks. Yeah, big event plan. Very big, big 12, time. For twelve years, this is the twelfth year they've been in this event been going on. Very impressive. We of course uh, spoke to India 
uh, wash hour earlier the coordinator of the smoking on the track uh, event and they're expecting a big crowd lots of good food entertainment and i bet they'll pump a little money into the economy around here as well huh oh i'm sure they will as a matter of fact uh the vendors downtown uh they're also exciting they've been getting ready for this event um i went down and talked to some of them and and they said you know this day well friday and saturday is a big day for them because a lot of people come in and out of their stores, even though some may not buy at that time, yeah. but they come back because now they know what's in there. Making notes of it, aren't they? Right. For a future purchase. Correct. And then, I, like I said, I go tomorrow, Saturday, I will go down and visit every store downtown because I want to know if they're doing some good, you know, yeah. if they're doing business good. downtown, bringing in some sales tax. Sure, that's right. That's your source of revenue, right? As a municipality in Mississippi. Well, that's that's good of you, though, Mayor. Mm-hmm. I, I'm impressed. I, I have to give you kudos there to go check on the stores because uh, their economic vitality is important to the quality of life in the city. It is, and and the fact of the matter is that we close off the streets. So remember, now we are shutting down. Yeah, uh, traffic. That would normally be parked on the street buying from them. Right. But now we have the street shut down. So I want to make sure that they're having a good day. Yeah. Right. That's good, That's good of you. So uh, how long have you served as mayor? Since 2006. That's what I thought. I remember talking about that last time. And what's the what's the structure of city government in Summit? Do you have a board of aldermen? We have, four, we have four councilmen. Four councilmen. Four councilmen. Okay. There's only, I think, only one more town, one more town in Mississippi that has only four councilmen. Yeah. Right. Usually it's five or more. Correct. Typically, yeah. Correct. So you guys get along? Oh, yes. We get along. Good. I mean, you know, you disagree, but that's that's the way it goes. Yeah. Sure. Uh, you running for re-election? No, sir. You're not? No. You didn't, you, you, you didn't hesitate to answer that question. That's right. Man. This is it for me. You got to understand now, uh, I've been on the board. I came on board in uh, 1989. I remember you sharing that last time. So. Long time. Long time. So it's time for me to go. I got you. It is. You got future plans? Oh, yeah. Well, I have a photography business. You're a young man. I, I have a photography business. Okay. So yeah, you, I you, do. You're going to just go back to that? Yes, yeah, matter of fact, I was doing some photography work this morning. Wow! Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Got any ideas who might be the next mayor? Do you care I, to comment on that? I have no idea now. <laughs> Everybody has to put their uh, name in a hat and yep. go for it. Well, the fact that you've served uh, in the position for so many terms means the voters must be pleased with your work. Well, I hope so. I enjoy what I do. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, you know, my thing is, if I can just please, if I can do something good for just one person in a day's time, that makes my day. Well, I'm I'm taking away from this that you're uh, a very visible leader, municipal leader. I, I bet you're out and about in the community more than you're sitting in that office and sitting. Oh, that's what I do. I like to be out there. I'm a, I'm a hands-on person. Yeah. Well, there's there's no substitute for getting on the street and hearing feedback from the your constituents. No, you can't get the same sort of uh, experience when you're holed up in an office. No, no, no. And then uh, 
even when I'm in the office, I have open door policy. Sure. I mean, you can just walk in. You don't need an appointment. Just walk in if you need to talk to me. You need to talk to me on the street. Anywhere you need to talk to me. That's the way government should be. Yes. Well, that's what I like to do. Well, good. Uh, what's the uh, what's the status? How would you rate the overall status of Summit? You you in good shape here we're financially good, we're, and so forth? We are. We really are. We have um, businesses here, like we have loud heavy equipment. Mm-hmm. They're doing good. Of course, we have the Nissan dealership. And then all our little vendors malls down the street, they're doing really good. And our little restaurants are doing good. Yeah. So we're doing great. Yeah. How about um, how about your infrastructure? I know you received some some uh, buckets of money from the American Rescue Plan, from right. the state government, and so forth. Right. How are you doing there? Well, with the American Rescue Plan, we received about three hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars, and we're going to use that to try to upgrade some of our sewer um, facilities. Now, um, we also get the. Uh, uh, the money from the sale tax, uh-huh. we get that money, and uh, we're going to use that to do some some work with. It. But we got a grant of uh, four hundred eighty thousand dollars that we're going to upgrade our. Uh, actually, we're going to put in a, a new aerator at a at a well over here. That's a nineteen seventy seven well for your water system from a water system. Uh-huh. So we're going to put in an aerator uh, in that in that area. It's constant, isn't it? Oh yes, yes. But you know, you don't you don't want your um, you you have to keep uh, water, mm-hmm. good clean water. Sure. And so, and then you got to keep your sewer up. And we did uh, myself. I forgot how many dollars we spent here a couple of years ago upgrading. I think about eight hundred thousand we spent a couple wow. of years ago upgrading our sewer lines. Well, if you get behind, it tends to cost more over the long run, does it not? Yes, it does. Yes, you got to maintain, keep it current, keep it going. Right. That way you won't have citizen mad with you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, how about your staffing for the city? You doing good there? Oh, yes. You got yes. all the staff you need? We do. We just brought in a new uh, police chief, uh, Alex Miller, young man. And he's doing a great job. You don't have a crime problem here, do you? No, we don't. Good people. Good people. Yeah. You know, every now and then something might happen, but I don't consider this being a, a town riddled with crime. Yeah. That's good to hear. Right. Good to hear. And, of course, you likely couldn't hold the big event, smoking on the tracks, if that were the issue, if that were a problem. I'm sure it would be. Yeah. People afraid to go to events where there's potentially uh violence yeah and so that should be a draw here yeah definitely it's got to be fun to also showcase summit as the mayor to visitors that certainly come into town not just for this event but i I suspect a lot more uh, descend upon the area because of it's a big draw that's got to be fun to poke your chest out a little bit and and be proud of what you got here oh yeah i'm very proud of summit you know i was uh as I was telling someone the other day, uh, I remember when I was back in elementary school, I remember standing on the corner down here when they celebrated their, uh, something celebrated their 50-year anniversary. Yeah. And then when they celebrated their 150-year anniversary, <laughs> I would leave the parade. <laughs> That's so, pretty cool. Yeah. So 
That's pretty cool. So is your photography business uh, most of your customers around the area, the local community? Yes, they are. Uh, what what sort of uh, events would you be shooting? Well, now, once I want to attain, I did, did a lot of weddings and, um, yeah. and proms. But now I just do um, the little daycare centers. Oh, really? Yeah, I do them. And they use that for uh, their advertising and promotion, or they they do it for no, no, use? no, no. They do they they do spring pictures. Okay, right. Just for like kids. school, yeah. For kids for school, yeah. Right. Well, that's neat. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Everything else going okay though. Yeah, How about your sales tax revenue? Good, steady. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Very good. Well, that's kind of like the re- when the revenue is uh, is stable. It's a lot easier to govern, isn't it? It is. I mean, you don't have to worry as much. Yeah. It's it's certainly stressful when you see the sales tax figures start to drop off. Huh? Right. It is. Because sales tax, what's up running the town? Got to have it. Got to have sales tax. Structured gotta, in yes, sir. Got to have it. I think 18.2%, as I recall, of total collections is what gets diverted back to the municipality where the sale was made. The rest of it, the state keeps. It did. That's right. Yeah. That's correct. Mayor, good to see you, sir. Appreciate you uh, hosting us here in your wonderful town, and thanks for coming on Middays. Okay. Thank you for having me here today. Yes, sir. That's Mayor Percy Robinson, the mayor of Summit, Mississippi. That's where we are today for smoking on the tracks. We're coming right back with a little more talk, and then we'll wind things up today with Rob Belote, the president of Southwest Distributors. Stay with us. Going beyond the headlines, breaking down the stories that matter to Mississippi. Middays with Gerard on Super Talk Mississippi. Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. Some call me the gangster of love. Some people call me Maurice. Because I speak. Uh, the great Steve Miller of the Steve Miller Band uh, bumping us into this segment here on the Middays where we're in Summit, Mississippi for Smoking on the Tracks. We want to also thank the Quick Grill on Veterans Boulevard for providing uh, today's lunch. I'm looking at it right now, Rhino. As soon as we're done, I'm going to partake, I believe. Also, thanks to the Summit Historical Society for accommodating our broadcast today. James in Hattiesburg on the C Spire text line says, Tell him, referring to the mayor of Summit, Mayor Percy Robinson, to call Jackson and offer some free tips. That's not a bad idea, actually, there, James. Joey, the trucker, says, It is sorry that we are even talking about this BS, but that way to culture is this day and time, and I think I thank you all for bringing it up and talking about it. I suspect that was... Uh, a Siri created text there, but we got you, Joey. Yeah, it is crazy that uh, this sort of stuff is 
just invading every corner of our culture where we we seem to not be focused on that which is really important and that which could benefit society the most. Um, I, I read also that a Missouri school district, I believe this is the district that incorporates the city of St. Louis, It's updating its K-12 through math curriculum to include they-them pronouns in the name of, quote, equity consideration. The plural pronouns should be used along with traditional he-she pronouns in word and contextual problems. That's according to a Webster Grove School District Math Program Evaluation Presentation. Says uh, the the head of that organization, use of pronouns will, quote, help students develop their mathematical identities. I didn't know that math could be identified. <laughs> what the heck is a mathematical identity? And, quote, encourage them to see the beauty, joy, and connectedness of mathematics as a way to see, make change of, and change our world. What is all that saying exactly? That's some of that grandiloquent speak that really is a bunch of word salad nonsense. It means nothing. A persistent myth within math education is that since numbers are universal, math classrooms are objective and free of bias, the presentation states. So if we're now deciding that math is not objective that it is subjective, meaning that there is no single correct answer to various math problems, pretty much uh, means that society would no longer be able to function. I think about the way math is used, and so much of of what makes the country and the globe function tick, If we just remove objectivity from math, I don't see how we can progress as a society, and uh, honestly, even maintain as a society. Goes on to say, does the report from this Missouri school district, which is now including pronouns in math and contextual problems, the plural pronouns, Research shows clearly that any space where learning occurs is neither free of bias. It also says scholars have demonstrated the ways that mathematics socialization and mathematics identity development are critical aspects to the learning and participation of students, particularly black students. I'm pretty sure they just want to learn how to do math. I'm also pretty sure that their parents or caretakers want them just learn how to work math problems. I don't know that they're so concerned about the pronouns used in so-called word and contextual problems. Um, th- this is all more upside-down stuff. You should also know that Wake Forest University, it now offers a class for its education students, those majoring in education, called Anti-Racist Use of Math. The Department of Mathematics and Statistics at Wake Forest is offering such a class. And we wonder why 
students go to college, rack up monumental amounts of debt, and then can't find a job. They're not employable. Because maybe instead of learning, I don't know, how to solve math problems in math and stat class, in work statistics problems, maybe they were too focused on racism, which really, in my view, has no place in math class. Can't we just work on math? Anybody who same. sees race in every day, everything, does not have a functioning brain. Seems like that's where we are. Mike from Madison says, how do numbers have feelings? Math is objective. They're pretty clear that they're trying to remove the objective feature, the objectivity feature of math from math. Thomas and Greenwood says, calculus is oppressive. Yeah, I see what you did there, Thomas. Uh, certainly, it's oppressive to those who struggle doing math. You may not uh, score very well in a calculus class. Oh, gosh. Uh, I remember taking a class when I was in college, a 500-level math class as an elective, just because I'm weird and kind of like that stuff. And it was uh, how to solve time and space problems using three-dimensional matrices i don't remember there being any race or pronoun stuff infused in that class it was just brute force math and calculations two plus two equal racism on the ceasefire text line i wanted to get something else thomas said earlier about uh, donald trump that i think is worth discussing and he says that trump is not conservative and of course we've had this discussion before define conservative there is no consensus of that anymore he says his idea of it is smaller government and less spending i don't think trump met that definition nor does our state government but they all campaign on doing that and i would just simply point out that if you want less spending at the federal government you've got to reform mandatory spending, which includes Social Security and Medicare, and Donald Trump's made it very clear he won't touch it. And honestly, so have the Republicans and so have the Democrats, which means that none of them are really serious about reining in spending because it is impossible. It's mathematically impossible, and that's without the pronouns and uh, any references or, or contextualization of racism in the math here. I'm just talking about brute force objective arithmetic math it is impossible to achieve a balanced budget to eliminate the deficit to begin paying down the debt unless there's fairly significant reform done to those mandatory programs which are considered politically toxic if one even talks about it it's exactly what trump is attacking ron DeSantis on and i've also pointed out and still believe this that there's what you got to say to get elected, and then there's what you do when you govern. And to get elected, Donald Trump told us that he would balance the budget within four years, in eight to ten years, take a significant chunk out of the debt. In fact, he did just the opposite. And I don't fault him for desiring to do that, for stating that as a goal and objective. I think most clear-thinking people would agree it's just not possible. It's it's not possible doing the things that would get you elected. So you have to say that to get elected, and he does, and many of the other candidates do as well. Virtually all of them do. 
right? They they make these statements, they issue these promises, but they're never able to fulfill them. Uh, for one thing, when you run for president, you're not a dictator, thank God, and you're limited in your power. That's all by design. You got to have a, a cooperative Congress to help you along the way, especially when you talk about balancing the budget and eliminating the deficit, paying down the debt to a significant extent. But that's certainly not going to happen. And the same is true in, in state government. We certainly could claw back the teacher pay raises, $250 million a year that were enacted in the 2022 session. Probably not going to get you elected if you ran on a campaign to do so. Um, so, there's, again, there are different standards of this concept of conservatism i'm not sure you can find two people that agree what constitutes conservatism what represents it thomas says and how do we avoid the inevitable crash i don't think we're going to crash and i don't think it's inevitable i just think that uh we have economic and financial issues i have some ideas about how to address that we'll catch those on on uh, monday but making promises that you're going to balance the budget and pay down the debt just ain't going to happen rob below the president of southwest distributors incorporated is is up next on middays we're in summit for the annual smoking on the track stay with us gerard gibbert he keeps his classified documents right where they belong Inside a journey record jacket from the 1980s, Gerard Gibbert, Super Talk, Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone, to Middays. Live today from Summit, Mississippi. Today on In the Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, you'll hear an interview with Peter Witham of the Music Mississippi Music Foundation, a nonprofit organization that provides music education and preserves Mississippi music. Don't forget, Steve Azar's program is presented by visitmississippi.org. Joining us now, Rob Belote, the president of Southwest Distributors Incorporated. Rob, thanks for coming on. Yes, indeed. Thank you for having me. Big weekend in store here in the area, the annual Smoking on the Tracks. It is, it is. It's a big event. Uh, it's growing every year, and uh, people will be able to listen to good music and uh, enjoy some great food as well. Yeah, and they're expecting big crowds. We, of course, uh, spoke to India Warshower earlier, the coordinator of the Smoking on the Tracks event, informed us that this is um, year 13, I believe. It's either yes. year 12 or 13. Uh, but it's been around a while, and it's doing well, and seems to get bigger, uh, more extravagant every year, and expecting big crowds. Yes, it does, and uh, it's great because you get to come out and enjoy yourself, and, and you know, a lot of the money goes to charity. So. Yeah, it's the 12th annual, by the way, I was just okay. informed. So, um, what about the economy here in Summit? I know you rely quite a bit on the economy being strong to... Um, sell your goods is it is it going well for you 
you know, I think it's pretty solid. Um, some people are suffering with rising interest rates, but overall, uh, business is good. Tell us about your company. Uh, Southwest Distributors is a, a third-generation uh, beverage distributor here in S- Southwest Mississippi. Uh, we started in uh, 71, and um, we distribute products from Anheuser-Busch to Corona, Modelo to Keurig Dr. Pepper products. Um, pretty diverse distributorship. 71. That's a long time to be in business. Yes, indeed. It's been great. We love Southwest Mississippi. Family-owned business? Family-owned business. Same family? Uh, yes. yes. Since 71? Yes. Just well, passed down through the generations? Yes. Yep. That's really cool. What's the secret? Staying around that long? You know, we've had, uh, we do business in a great community, uh, that supports us and, and we try to give back and support the community. And, you know, we've had great advisors in business that have, uh, assisted the family in continuing it down to the next generation. So, um, we've had a turn, uh, our accountant has played a big part in that. And, um, so. Yeah. Those business advisors kind of, uh, helped it along as well. Who are your customers? Um, our customers are, uh, you know, of course, on the alcohol beverage side, uh, legal drinking age, um, 21 plus. Uh, but as a distributor, the, the retail. Oh, oh yeah. retail, retail. Okay. So um, we have multiple C stores um, to grocery stores, yeah. bars, restaurants. Yep. And what what area do you serve geographically? Ten counties in the southwest Ten corner. Wow. Yeah, so we go from uh, you know Natchez all the way to Columbia up to Brookhaven. And uh, the, the breweries and the bottlers of these products, uh, you purchase from them. They Correct. ship them to you. Correct. Yeah, we're an independent distributor. Um, they brew and manufacture, and, and we purchase. We don't do any manufacturing on site. Okay. And then you stock that in your facilities. Do you have multiple? Uh, we do. We have a facility here in Summit just off of I-55, and then we have a facility outside of Natchez in the Washington community. I see. And then I uh, assume you have uh, delivery staff who, who drive routes and deliver the product? We do. We do. We have uh, delivery staff for what we call off-premise, which would be your um, C-stores and yeah. grocery stores, and then we have delivery staff for bars and restaurants. How's that going for you? you in good shape organizationally? Oh, yeah. We've been very blessed with a great team, um, very little turnover. Um, so means you're treating folks right. We do our best, you know. Sometimes it's hard to please everybody, but we try to uh, meet every concern where we can. I think that gets so overlooked about um, our country. So many great family-owned businesses like yours. You understand if you don't treat people right, they, they don't stay with you. And if they don't stay with you, you can't survive. Right, right. It's all about building the best team. And, um, you know, human capital is the most important thing to invest in. Sometimes you could get blinders on and invest in so many other things. Yeah. But truly, it's uh, taking care of your people. that no substitute. Absolutely. Rob, appreciate you coming on. Let's have a good uh, smoking on the tracks here in Summit. Congratulations uh, on all your success. Thank you so much. You got it.
That's Rob Below, the president of Southwest Distributors Incorporated. We're out of time here on Middays today. This is a wrap from Summit, Mississippi, back in the Element Well Studios in Jackson on Monday. Folks, hope you have a great weekend. Until then, stay safe and God bless. Mississippi Media Production.